Welcome back in listeners to another wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined once again by a company we've had on before, Indie Space, but by a new face that we are so excited to welcome. Joining us is the program's manager, Vishante Brown, who is here today to talk to us about the Milk and Egg Grant for Struggling Artists, which you can get more information about by visiting IndieSpace.org. But for right now, Vishante, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am thrilled. I love having Indie Space on our show. You all do essentially God's work. I mean, you guys do amazing things for artists and for the theater community. I don't think enough attention or praise comes to all of you for all that you do. So this is wonderful to have you on. And we are talking about another amazing grant that you all are promoting. Could you tell us a little bit about the Milk and Egg Grant for Struggling Artists? Yeah, so the Milk and Eggs Grant is our cost of living grant. So early in the year, around the mid-January, Randy came into one of our meetings and said, groceries are really expensive right now. And we'd be like, yeah, they are. <laughs> and we did a little bit of research. We looked at what the actual like U.S. government said that the cost of living percentage increase was. And we were like, oh, it is like not only higher than years before, but more than triple of years before. And we were like, oh, <laughs> however, wages haven't, you know, haven't gone up, especially in the indie theater community where people in order to, you know, do this work or sometimes also working other jobs like day jobs. And Indie Space has a responsive fund that we set aside a certain amount of money every year to in our budget to be responsive. And this seemed like a really good thing, you know? So we started with $10,000 in our, from, from our responsive fund. And we kind of built the grant within like two weeks. This the, is the responsive part of responsive fund of going like, what is the least amount of time that we need to get money into people's hands? Yes. And you were not kidding about how expensive food went. Yeah. So the, yeah, the, the, the grants was when we were deciding how much the grant was going to be, we wanted to make sure that we could like, you know, help as many people as possible, but make a, make a real type of like indent in it. And again, we did some math and it was based off of some statistics and we came up with an amount of money that covered what the U.S. government is increasing social security stipends by per month. And we did it for two and a half months with the idea that, you know, we want to help we want to, nonprofits are supposed to be the gap between private institutions and the government. And so we want to be that gap. I love that. So who qualifies for the Milk and Egg Grant? Just like all of Indie Space's grants, individual grants, they, you qualify for if you are a New York City indie-based theater artist. Now, each one of those <laughs> phrases means a little bit. So you have to live and work within one of the five boroughs of New York or very, very close. And you have to work in the five boroughs. But if you, you know, live across the bridge, you know, you might, we will do it. 
indie, you have to do a majority or at least a, a significant portion of your work in indie theaters, which we just define as theaters with less than 99 seats. So less than off, off Broadway and theater artists. And that can mean what theater artist means to you. <laughs> and all the very, we have, we always have so many applicants and we look, we hand go through every single application. So it's very cool to see all the different work that everyone is doing. So yeah, any, any aspect of that. And it's theater artists. You don't have to be a performer. You don't have to be like a director if you work if you're an arts worker in the theater you qualify that's fantastic so all of our designers all of our stage hands ushers all of those people mm-hmm. welcome to the party yes now how does one apply for this grant yeah so all of our applications are available on submittable which you can find through the indiespace.org link you can also follow us on social media or our newsletter, which also will give us give you updates on all that kind of stuff. But every single one of our applications goes through that one portal. So if you're ever like, man, I haven't heard from IndieSpace in a while, you could just go to our portal and it'll show you all the open ones we have, <laughs> which is very nice. Now, the Milk and Eggs grant has closed for right now. We hope to reopen it because we know that the need will not will not go away but our first round has closed and we will be as we as we try and secure more funding we will discuss opening it again that's why we really recommend that you follow us on like social media (laughs) but it sounds like in this did you say it was submitted yeah it's like a you can go like i said you can go to our website it's like submittable is called is the website but it sounds Uh, like that's where all the grants might be listed is that and yes. there's more than just the milk and egg, if I remember. Oh, we have tons of we them. have lots and lots of grants. We always have we have some reoccurring ones that are monthly. We have some that are that have very specific application windows. But yeah, we have at any one time between three and seven grants open. It's amazing, and that is like a lifeline for a lot of not just theater companies but artists in general, especially yes. given the times that we're living in. <laughs> Yeah, we really try to, as we're planning our year and we're planning out, you know, what we're what we're offering, giving a really good mix of thing, individual support for artists. So, you know, the person who's just out there like freelancing and trying to, to make that work. We also have ones that are specifically for venues and companies, and we have some that are for everyone. <laughs> so I always highly recommend people when they, when I see that they're a new name on our list, I go, hey, you apply to this one. Just look at all the other ones and see if there's anything else we can help you with. Get all that money as you can. Yeah. Now, I think you mentioned back to the Milk and Egg grant mm-hmm. that- Randy had brought this up at the beginning of the year. So is this the first time that you all have done this? Has it been about three, four months that you've been working on this grant? Yeah. So like I said, when once we got back from, we take a winter break, of course, we want to see our families for the holidays. And then we come back and I, I really feel like it was probably the first meeting we had back. And he was like, we got to talk about it. And I said, okay. <laughs> so yeah, this is our very first one because... While cost of living always is going to be an expense for people, like it it was such a sharp, quick increase that people who could afford to like very comfortably live within their means over almost overnight could no longer do it. 
And when you're thinking about things like indie, people like indie artists, and you're thinking about like what that actually means, if you are struggling to think about like things like groceries or rent or your electric bill, making art might fall by the wayside. And we just don't want that to be the reason that art falls by the wayside. If we can help, we want to make sure that, you know, you get to still do the thing that we all love doing. (laughs) That's so important. So important. So I want to follow that up with what message or thought are you hoping that the our audiences will take away from this conversation we're having? I think it is the importance of caring for the self and caring for the artist. When we do the thing that we do, it's kind of easy to mythologize it, to kind of really put on the, I'm a starving artist and therefore it's okay to feel like how I feel. And I don't think that's sustainable. <laughs> I think that as we as you grow, as you grow older, as you as you maybe, you know, as your responsibilities grow, that becomes harder and harder to do to tell yourself that it is okay that like I'm doing the starving artist thing. And there are systematic issues that makes it where it's hard to get out of that. But that does not mean that that is the only way to exist as like an indie artist, a young artist, any artist in in this city. But you need, there there has to be help. And we just give help. It's not going to change. The money is not going to let you quit your day job. But if for a second, you don't have to worry about like, someone calling to turn off your electricity you probably might be able to finish the play you're working on (laughs) amen last question for this first part of the interview Mm -hmm. who do you hope have access to these grants and this this one when it reopens in particular anyone who needs it it is a symptom of white supremacy to view aid as charity, to view needing help as something less than. We are a community and community means that you, if you need help, even if you don't ask for it, you receive it. But that's not, you know, we unfortunately live in this capitalist society, so you have to ask for it usually. If you need this this grant, I hope in any grant that IndieSpace offers, apply for it. (laughs) Like really and truly, we we so often hear people go, well, I could technically, or well, maybe it's this, or well, stop doing that. Community is the basis of the work that we do. And it is a radical thing to accept help from community. And if you wait for the if you wait for when you deserve um, like air quotes you deserve it you actually will never get it (laughs) like that's that's the thing if you wait for it and you're like one day I will hit rock bottom and then I will help ask for help why didn't you do it like a year ago if you if, if the help was available and a major thing about indie spaces grants are that we we're a lottery-based grantor. So 
we while while we do ask questions to about your intended use of the funds it's not strictly merit-based everyone goes into a lottery if you're eligible like if you complete everything and we're all good you know you go into a lottery we do weighted lotteries sometimes which means that if you are a part of a historically marginalized community you will be given an extra point of weight and if there are any other weighted uh, aspects of an application, as always said in the application, we believe in radical transparency. But there's a limited amount of funds. That's the that's the that's the kind of sucky part of doing this work is looking at the bank account and going these no and looking at the amount of people who need it and going these numbers don't match yet. So how do we make sure it's fair? And we at any space have decided that like. If we all need it, if we all agree that it is true that if you are applying to this thing, you need it, then it shouldn't matter like if you got your application in first or if you have better grammar or anything like that. I want to change things up now. I want yeah. to focus a little bit more on you, give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit mm-hmm. and all your amazingness. <laughs> and I want to start by asking you what shows or playwrights or composers in the past have inspired you or do you love? I love a lot of things. So my favorite play of all time is Intimate Apparel by Lynn Nottage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think and so Lenonich is always gonna be one of my favorite playwrights. I found intimate apparel at a really important time in my life. I've been I had been doing theater in one form or another since I was like eight or nine, but my training up until undergraduate was really white. Not to the fault of my educators. I also grew up in Mississippi, and so there's a level of, you know what what that means about the education you receive not that I'm disparaging it I love having grown up in Mississippi but I found intimate apparel at a very like right as I was going into undergraduate right as I was thinking maybe theater wasn't for me and I had to really decide if I was going to get a degree in it and it, it just it was like a strike of lightning what it meant as both like to see it as a piece of literature and go this is amazing this this is amazing writing but also to see myself in a piece of work a thing that I kept hearing my classmates especially my white classmates having said that they experienced when they were four five and six seeing the shows that they saw with their parents and I was at like 19 and having not felt it thinking I never would and then I did (laughs) and so intimate apparel is my favorite and then I love solo work. I'm I I do a lot of things in theater. I'm also a solo artist, and so I I'm very into black solo artists, black female solo, solo artists, and so like Gabrielle Civil and Dale Orlando Smith. Like I, I I'm very into it. <laughs> I love it. Have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? So I live in Philadelphia, actually. Um, I work for Indie Space in New York, but I live in Philadelphia. So if you're willing to take the Amtrak over, Philly Fringe is happening right now, which is always just such a fun time. 
And I always try to go to a good portion of it just to see the new stuff that's happening around. I always recommend to people, um, if you love theater, to go to, if see if your city offers storytelling nights or like spoken word nights. The mediums are so similar in a lot of ways, but in the ways that they are different, I think that it makes better theater artists to understand. And so I, I just recently went to, like last weekend, went to a storytelling night that was beautiful. And it's the same kind of like ephemeral, you have to be there. You'll never hear the same thing twice that I love about theater. Yes. Well, that's a good lead in though to my next question, which is what is your favorite part about working in the theater? The people. <laughs> I really struggled when I was younger understanding people and social cues and all those things and so I the little really the very first time I ever did theater was because a teacher of mine told my mother that it would probably be good because I would learn to talk to people <laughs> because it was scripted and so that's where I like baby baby me came into theater and it worked. And I was like, oh, this is what it means to understand people, not only in the scripts that we're doing and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but to understand collaboration, to understand, like, all the things that go into making the thing is to really understand people. And I just think people are so interesting. Like, I, I like, so I, 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 I've taught workshops and I, and on like, on developing solo pieces from stories. And I always tell people to um, think of a day in your, in the past, whatever the past means for you, that was regular, that in every single way you would go average day and then write that down. And I promise you, you will find something that you could talk for three or four minutes on some aspect of that very regular day and that's the beautiful part and that's the part that we all forget <laughs> yes i love that <laughs> well speaking about something you can speak three or four minutes on we mm -hmm. have arrived at my favorite question which i cannot wait to hear what is your favorite theater memory oh okay I have two little ones so so <laughs> so i'm pretty self-critical of myself as an artist not in a bad way I believe that artists work you know I truly believe it and so because artists work you can always analyze so maybe it's not self-critical maybe it's self-analyzing so sometimes it's very hard for me to sink into the moment of experiencing in a, like the moment I had a professor in grad school who said why do people applaud to me and I was like or why do we bow when people applaud and I was like because that's what you do <laughs> and he's like no what is the like what is the relationship between the audience and the performer when someone is applauding you and you bow and I was like I don't know and he was like I had a show that night and he was like at curtain call think about it, like, truly think about it, and then come back to me. And that night, I was doing a production of James Imes is White, and I got to the very end, and we did the curtain call, and people were coming out, and we were doing the whole thing, and I, and I, for the first time, I think, ever thought about what it meant, what this relationship was, which was, it is humility on the part of the performer and it is appreciation on the part of 
the audience not in like you did something so therefore I gotta hype you up but in a I experienced something so profound or so important or so moving or so whatever that I must externalize this feeling that is what the audience is doing they're externalizing the feeling that they had where they kind of had to sit quietly during the show and then the audience or then the performer goes I am taking that in and I'm accepting my role in that and yeah you do a bow and that was like I just remember that being the very first time that I felt like that and now I like I know I really care about like bows. If you've asked anyone that's ever been in a workshop with me, I require that people bow and you cannot joke around about it. You have to do it. And the way that people like when you make them stop joking around about it and having to like take in what it means, they go like, oh, (laughs) so yeah, that's that's one of them. And then the other one is just is what was in one of my workshops and it was seeing someone start to trust their themselves and the people around them. This was a person who, for a lot of reasons, had didn't need to... This was a person who, in the past, was given a lot of reasons not to trust people in the artistic... In the creation of art. And I understood that in so many ways. And I was like, you don't have to trust anyone here. I do think you'll have a better time. And I do think that your your, your work will show if you if you do. And, you know, but I'm not going to force you. I'm just going to give you, you know, you can lead a horse to water. And I I will never forget looking at this person perform a work that she was doing and see her begin to trust the audience, trust herself, trust her scene partners and see the works. And I saw the work soar and like that, I, forget me, forget any of that. That is what I want. <laughs> so cool that <laughs> aha moment that's that click moment that is there's yeah. nothing like it. i love that thank you for sharing those memories and those thoughts i appreciate that are there any other projects or productions that you have coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug for you yeah so indie space has a lot of stuff like like we said earlier indie space always has a lot of very cool stuff open so we have our, our mental health grant, which is still open. We are coming up on our community resources grant, which is a bunch of resources that have that indie spaces prepaid for for individuals and companies and venues, things like headshot sessions and development and grant writing work. We've prepaid uh, companies to so that our community can do it without that cost. And yeah, there's, there's, there's always stuff that we're, (laughs) that we're, we're offering. Amazing. Always hard at work. That's why we love indie space. (laughs) Finally, if our listeners want more information about indie space, some of the grants, the milk and egg grant, how can they get that? Or if they want more information about you, maybe they want to reach out to you. How can they do that? So you can go to IndieSpace.org, which is going to have all of our information on all that we're doing. If you go to our blog tab, it'll give you all past and present resources that we have. And then if you want to get in touch with me, you can email hello at IndieSpace.org and we can, you know, get it started. (laughs) I love hearing from everyone, really and truly. If you just want to say hey. (laughs) Love that. Yes. 
Well, Vishante, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you of for course. sharing just all your incredible thoughts. This has been one of the most like intelligent, just deep conversations I've had. One of the most fun as well. So I really- I had so much fun. <laughs> thank you. My guest today has been the programs manager with Indie Space, Vishante Brown, who spoke with us today about the Milk and Egg Grant for Struggling Artists, among other grants that are available. You can get more information about this grant and all the other amazing grants they have and other amazing work they do by visiting IndieSpace.org. You can also reach out to Vishante by emailing her at hello at IndieSpace.org. We're going to have all this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media. But if you are a indie artist in the five boroughs area, make sure you check out IndieSpace.org. There's a ton of resources there to assist you and help guide you and support you. This is an incredible organization, truly. So make sure you check out IndieSpace.org. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies and keep your masks on and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.